0: Yeah. C.S. Lewis podcast. It's February 2024, and my name is Thornton, and this episode begins a new journey of the podcast. In prior episodes, my brothers and I went through the Lewis spiritual and apologetic works, and I used the metaphor of a walking tour to describe the journey we went on. After traversing the landscape of Lewis's life once, I will now do it again, but taking a different path. This time, I will journey through his fiction works. On the freshly created near you can look at the journey I've mapped out plus some other items that, that don't really fit into the podcast. Another difference of this literary pilgrimage is that my brothers won't join me on every leg of it. Don't worry though, you won't hear just my ramblings every episode. I've asked some very special guests to join me, and I'm really excited about our discussions as we amble through Lewis's writings together. So to begin, I will go through Lewis's essay on stories to look at his understanding of stories and plot. So for the background and context, in, ninth, in the late 1947s, after the death of the inkling Charles Williams, Lewis compiled a series of essays from the other inklings into the book titled Essays Presented to Charles Williams. The book, which included essay, essays from Lewis, Dorothy Sayers, Tolton, and others, served as homage and memorial and a final farewell to their inkling friend. All of the prophets went to Williams' late wife, The central theme of the book was story. Tolkien produced his famous On Fairy Stories essay, which analyzed the fantasy genre, but Lewis tackled the subject head-on with his essay. Now while this was when On Stories was first published, the essay was first originally read to the Merton College Literary Society and was titled The Kappa Element in Fiction, which Uh, Kappa stood for the Greek word Krypton, which which means hidden element. Also at this point, Lewis had written many of his famous fiction works already, like The Ransom Trilogy, Screwtape Letters, and The Great Divorce. And he was right on the cusp of beginning The Chronicles of Narnia. So, for an overview of the text, Lewis opens the essay discussing the lack of consideration of story or plot, in other words, by critics. He highlights Aristotle, Boccaccio, and Jung's theories as standouts, who do consider it, but most other critics focus on story as a subordinate to character. There seems to be an assumption, Lewis says, that stories where everything is for the sake of the plot are just for children. He thinks the pleasure offered by these stories is misunderstood. He says they can be enjoyed in two different ways. He says these stories that focus on plot can be enjoyed in two different ways, but it depends on two different types of books or two types of readers. He tells an anecdote about meeting a fellow reader who, unlike Lewis, didn't care for the atmosphere of a story, but the excitement of what would happen next. Lewis thought this gentleman was from another planet. Lewis said for himself, quote, I wanted not the momentary suspense, but that whole world to which it belonged, end quote. Lewis says that people who think plots are only there for the excitement of going from one event to the next are mistaken. He says they're mistaken at least concerning his experience. He hates the Three Musketeers because there is no sense of country or weather. Paris doesn't feel any different than London, and the excitement never abates. And as a quick aside, this sense of atmosphere that Lewis loves, I think, really plays out best in his Ransom Trilogy, especially the book Paralandra. So when we get to that book, we will talk a lot about the atmosphere that Lewis has created. So back to his essay, in stories where excitement is the only thing that matters, Lewis says that certain dangers are irrelevant. There are many machines to threaten the hero, but they are all not the same. There is a difference between a giant and a pirate chasing the hero. There is even a difference between a pirate and an evil sailor as the villain. Lewis talks about the film adaptation of King Solomon's Mines, where the director substituted the claustrophobia of a sealed tomb for an earthquake. And another aside, I'm so glad that Lewis referenced this book, King Solomon's Minds, and that specific scene, because I think King Solomon's Minds is a much under-read and underappreciated classic. And that scene he references of the sealed tomb is really jarring, and I still shiver a little remembering it. And if any of you listeners are fans of Indiana Jones, then you will love that book. But... Lewis understood that claustrophobia and starvation didn't play well on screen and that they are all extreme dangers, but the substitution robbed the story of some of its horror, if not all of its excitement. He does another example of an astronaut suffocating in space and how that is different than suffocating on Earth. Lewis says that in real life though, a person facing suffocation would probably not feel a difference in space or on earth, but, Lewis says, quote, that is one of the functions of art, to present what the narrow and desperately practical perspectives of real life exclude, End quote. He later says these dangers which go beyond excitement are of a spiritual nature. He says, quite prophetically, I think, that, quote, if some fatal progress of applied science ever enables us, in fact, to reach the moon, that real journey will not at all satisfy the impulse which we, will, which we now seek to write such stories." Quote. And As another aside, I think Lewis nailed it on the head on this one. If anything, I'd say that humanity has, after reaching space in the 1960s, only accelerated the writing and telling of science fiction stories. Also, as you can tell from this quote, Lewis was not very bullish on humans in space, and he's very clear on that in his Ransom trilogy, and that will be something that I discuss with uh, the guests. Uh, Lewis goes on to say that in good stories, all the details are carefully selected. In Wind in the Willows, Lewis says that Toad was not arbitrarily chosen. Toad could not have been a mouse or a turtle and still had the same effect and making the characters animals also has advantages over just crafting them as humans. These choices allow the reader to see the main theme of Wind in the Willows* much more clearly, and the theme being that happiness is full of simple and attainable things like food, sleep, and friendship. Lewis says, quote, This excursion into the preposterous sends us back with renewed pleasure to the actual, end quote and I can certainly identify with this point. Whenever I re- reread books like Harry Potter or watch movies like the Infinity from Saga from Marvel, I do get a renewed pleasure for reality. Attention is then turned to stories where the crux is around fulfilled prophecy. Stories like Oedipus Rex and The Hobbit. Lewis says that these stories show how destiny and free will can be combined in a better way than in any theorem can do. This leads him to say that popular novels might be more important than we realized because someone might not read a story just for the excitement, but because they are receiving a profound experience which is not acceptable in any other form. You can't tell what type of experience a person is having even if you read the book yourself because even if it's bad, a bad book, the person's imagination might be filling it in and filling in all the holes. The best test to whether someone reads a particular book for excitement or some sort of spiritual fulfillment is how often they reread it. Lewis says his point in writing this essay is to encourage a better school of prose, one that can quote, "mediate imaginative life to the masses while not being contemptible to a few end quote." And he concludes the essay by saying, "This art of story, just like life, is hard." Quote, in life and art both, we are always trying to catch in our net of successive moments something that is not successive. So for thoughts and analysis, I'll start off with some of my favorite quotes from the essay. So in this essay comes the one of his most famous quotes that I, I constantly see on Twitter and Instagram. It's he says, quote, No book is really worth reading at the age of 10, which is not equally and often far more, worth reading at the age of 50. And so I I think that is a wonderful quote that has encouraged and validated many a person's reading of of what are He says, quote, children's books, and maybe that quote can uh, also be attributed to the huge boon of fantasy novels uh, that are being written and read today. Another favorite quote of mine is, quote, Nothing could be more disastrous than the view that the cinema can and should replace popular written fiction. The elements which it excludes are precisely those which give the untrained mind its only access to the imaginative world. There is death in the camera. And this quote seemed especially poignant to me in our video-inundated world. I recently read an article in The Economist that talked about the state of social media and it mentioned the evolution from text-based to video-first social media. Twitter slash X has said it it will now be video first and much has already been written and discussed about the epistemic changes the lack of reading and the increase of video watching has and can do to society so I I won't belabor the point. I just found it interesting that Lewis was able to diagnose a problem at the dawn of popular cinema and it also made me think that while a picture can be worth a thousand words With some imagination, words can be worth ten thousand pictures, and that's probably why people frequently say that the book is better than the movie. Another thought: when Lewis had mentioned that that popular fiction might be the only way that someone has um, the only socially acceptable way for someone to fulfill a need, it made me think that book clubs might be the only socially acceptable form of gossip, where you're talking about someone else's life that has nothing to do with you and you're uh, levying all sorts of judgment on other people's actions and thoughts, and book clubs might be a a really great outlet for whatever human impulse that that, uh, that that is. And if Lewis and I were in a pub, his point about details not being arbitrarily chosen might be one I challenged him on. I know I enjoyed my English classes when I was in high school and college, but I did think sometimes that my teachers and professors were looking for something that wasn't there or were making mountains out of mohills sometimes. But as I have grown older, I have come to appreciate the details a little more, but I think the details are sometimes chosen for reasons that are irrelevant to the plot. Now, this I could be completely off the base with this and I know each story might might be different and the good stories probably do not waste details. Uh, and this will be something that yeah, I discuss further with, uh, with guests on future episodes. Also, Lewis mentioned a lot of adventure novels to make his points about story. And it made me wonder if stories that focus on plot are exclusively adventures. My instinct says no. I'd say mysteries or detective stories are generally focused more on plot than character, although detective stories have given us some of the best characters in literature, like Sherlock Holmes. And I wondered if romances could be said to focus more on plot, even though the couple's feelings toward one another is usually the main driver of the story. I just thought romances might qualify because the couple has to go through a series of patterned events to end up together, for example, the meet cute, the challenge to the relationship, and then culminating in a commitment, because stories where couples don't end up together I would say doesn't qualify as a romance. Now if you disagree with me, or if you think there are any other genres out there where plot takes precedence over character, then please reach out to me over email, twitter, or Instagram. Also, since Lewis focused so much on adventure stories, it made me think about all the ones that I've loved reading reading over the years. So on the website, I have a blog post about the best adventure novels to read. Lastly, this essay was particularly helpful for me as I finished writing my first novel. It validated some thoughts that I've had and encouraged me to write better prose, as Lewis said. The part in his essay about pirates was particularly helpful since the story I'm writing is one about pirates. And listeners, if you'd like to read my story and help me edit it, you can sign up for the newsletter where I will release a chapter and ask for any feedback that you all may have. Well, listener, thank you so much for joining me on this new journey. The next leg of the adventure. Jordan from the lesser known Lewis podcast will join me to discuss Lewis's essay, Religion and Rocketry. If you want to connect with me, you can check out the new website, mircslewis.com, and sign up for the newsletter. As I've mentioned, in the newsletter, I will release chapters of a pirate story that I've been writing in the vein of Lewis, Robert Louis Stevenson, and Jack London. I'll also be having, as I've mentioned, a few other uh, blog posts or articles that don't fit into the podcast. I'm also on Twitter slash X and Instagram at Mircius Lewis. And you can always email me at Mircius Lewis at gmail.com. Thanks and see you all next time.